Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theatres, Meridian Hall in the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. Our next podcast guest is a event industry veteran. He started as the owner of Presidential Gourmet and built that up to the t- one of the top catering companies in the city of Toronto before selling it and moving into the design field, where he started and was the CEO of 43 Degrees Design Collective. He then sold that after he had built that company up and went into event marketing and sales with the Thompson Landry Gallery in the Distillery District. He then became the commercial director for the Aga Khan Museum, and now he is the CEO of Peter H. Carruthers & Company, a consulting firm in the event business and the Director of Corporate Sales Canada for AMK Global Group. Peter Carruthers, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Scott. It's great to be here and great to renew our friendship after uh, all these years. It's, it's, been, it's been a long time. Do, do you know, Peter, that uh, we have known each other for 27 years? Oh, come on. Come on. 19, 1993, the Hockey Hall of Fame moved to the corner of Young and Front. And Presidential Gourmet was one of our three caterers. Yes, I remember that so fondly. And I, I remember the feeling of walking out the door uh, with you and all the execs there at the Hockey Hall of Fame, having sealed the deal. And I think it was a highlight, a career highlight for me to walk out the door and know that I had, uh, you know, uh, my company had been recognized as a supplier worthy of that particular venue. And we went on for so many years of great work together. So thank you for that. The, o- the only difference is, Today, you still have hair. <laughs> well, not much. I have more head than hair now, Peter. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you've got a, a long and storied history in this uh, events industry that we, we, we've worked in. And, and one of these days, I would love to sit down with you and just talk, you know, walk through that with you, how you started, and um, you know, the two companies that you owned and the other stuff you got into. But for the purposes of this podcast we're, we're kind of in a in a very uh, interesting time uh, unprecedented time unprecedented times with the pandemic that we're in so first first of all Peter just want to with uh, you're, you're consulting now with your own company and you're working with this AMK global group can you give us an idea of, of some of the things that you were doing uh, before the start of the pandemic sure be happy to um... Before the pandemic uh, struck our shores, um, there were two prongs to the work that that I do. One was the consulting, and that could have involved uh, small companies that are starting up, medium-sized companies, and in a couple of cases, really huge hospitality companies who would bring me in to help them consult on uh, future planning, company purchases, um, this type of thing. So it was very varied life in terms of the, the consulting piece. And then um, a couple of years ago, I did meet with uh, San Mahajan, who's a resident of the United Kingdom, who was launching his company here in Canada called AMK Global Group. And uh, that became a major part of my typical business day um, a couple of years ago. 
And uh, what we were doing there was really helping to change the face of hospitality recruiting um, in Canada. So what AMK does is essentially uh, locate internationally sourced um, culinary talent and place those folks here in Canada for 24-month contracts arranged through the federal agency called Service Canada. It allows the worker uh, to become a permanent resident in Canada after working for just 24 months. We have, uh, prior to the pandemic, we've had uh, a lack of about 68,000 hospitality jobs, many of them in kitchens, um, in the typical marketplace, coast to coast to coast here in Canada. So it was helping to fill those roles and um, a very, very good start to the business. We placed people with um, top brands in the GTA and in fact, uh, all, across, all across Canada. So top caterers, uh, people such as the McEwen Group, um, uh, Cheese Boutique, Temptation, Food Dudes, Tobin, uh, these are the folks that basically were starting to staff a portion of their kitchen with these incredible workers. Uh, I've met many of them. They're so grateful for the opportunity, Scott, to be here in Canada and to be uh, working in a position that is a, a solid week's worth of work resulting in permanent residency in Canada. And of course, Canada being one of the top one, two or three companies, uh, sorry, countries every year that uh, their immigration policies uh, welcome people in. And we, we really are a top, a top destination globally for uh, people to come here, work and start a new life. So very much a feel good part of the business on the AMK side and very fulfilling as well for me uh, on the consulting side. So that's basically where things were at, let's say as of uh, February 28th of this year. Okay. So, so the, the AMK company, you're saying that prior to pandemic, at any one time, the country of Canada was 68,000 people short uh, uh, in, in, the, in kitchen jobs, culinary jobs? Correct, exactly. And the folks that we're placing might not be the, the star chefs leading a kitchen, but under every star chef, of course, we only accomplish according to the shoulders that we stand on. And in fact, every star chef, be it a Carl Heinrich, uh, a Jamie Kennedy, uh, a Susser Lee, every one of them is standing on the, on, on the shoulders of really solid production teams and people that really sure. do the daily hour by hour, minute by minute work um, in kitchens. And I, I would imagine that's, you know, certainly not beyond the possibility or beyond the realm of possibility that some of these people that come over and work under these these big chefs would learn and rise up and maybe come, become one of them one day. Well, that's exactly what happened with uh, a caterer in the uh, in the east end of the city. Uh, they specified, they said, you know, really what we are looking for, Peter, is someone with real talent and understanding of the baking side of the business. So we did find them the right person. And within eight months, uh, the company's doing a multi-million dollar amount of business annually um, in the baking aspect of their business in catering. So they've actually been able to turn over that uh, business to this particular individual who's doing a bang-up job wow. with, uh, with uh, you know, stunning-looking pastries, baked goods, breads, uh, all types of sourdough, and all, all the interesting things that you see in, in high-end baking and and which pulls in a couple million dollars more than two million dollars a year 
It, it brings in over a million dollars a year for that company within the context of, of just the baking side of it. Of course, it's a robust catering company that handles other aspects of event planning. But yeah, it's been so it's a it's a big contribution. And of course, if you met that individual, uh, they would say to you how grateful they are for for an amazing job, uh, daily activity that is fulfilling. And the clock is ticking. Clock is ticking down to their um, permanent residency here in Canada. So I sleep pretty well knowing that these are the types of stories that that are going on there. Uh, if you walk into Cheese Boutique, you'll see people not only behind the counter learning about cheese who are um, internationally sourced by AMK Global, but you'll see uh, folks working at the cash register and so on. And it's like, wow, you meet them and the, the gratitude level is, is astounding. So as I say, it's a feel-good gig for me. Well, and it's, it's obviously nice for you to see that success story in, in, in under two years. Indeed, yeah. Now that person, the, the example of the person doing the the, uh, the the bakery chef. So once the two years is up, will they be able to be to stay? Yes, they can. And I would say about because the cycle is coming to fulfillment for many of the folks that we started with a couple of years ago. About sixty-five, seventy percent of them are actually just staying where they are because they've grown solid relationships, and again because they're their eye is on the end goal of permanent residency. These are the most reliable people in the brigade of, of the whole organization. So they, they're rising to the top in terms of reliability. And uh, I think what we're finding is that uh, the vast majority are staying. Some are moving on. Uh, you know, they've, they've started at, at a minimum wage scenario and all of them have progressed through uh, various levels of raises and advancement within the organizations that they're, that they're attached to. They don't have to stay, uh, but according to Service Canada, they then get permanent residency. I think a lot of them feel just very much at home where they are. They feel appreciated and they themselves are, are grateful, for, uh, grateful for the employment, really. Awesome. And now was, was AMK, um, when you became involved, was that the first that AMK came into Canada? Uh, I came in very much on, I would say, the, the first tier. Uh, San Mahajan is the CEO. He lives in England. And our usual practice prior to COVID um, uh, was that he would come over quarterly and we would set up sales calls. So, of course, we toured all, of, all across southern Ontario. Uh, he also has uh, accounts in Alberta, British Columbia, a couple in Quebec, and we're working on the maritime. Uh, right now as well. But um, for the most part, I think the opening up of the, the GTA market here was um, one that I was very much involved in on the ground floor because Sun has an unlimited pool of talent and I have a pretty um, unlimited number of people that I've met over the years, you know, based on my past career and as to also where I, I want to be going in the next step in my career. So at this point, I even have a potential client on the north coast of Labrador, <laughs> wow. which is uh, going to be very, very interesting to to fulfill their needs um, there as well. So, um, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that, that we got the AM case, and we're get, we'll, we'll obviously get back into some of the stuff that you're doing, and, and maybe with the Labrador as well. The consultancy, and now the consultancy, or the consulting, is that exclusively to the event industry? Or do you do anything outside the event in, in, event industry? 
No, that particular part of my life at this point, Scott, is really revolving um, around people that are uh, starting new ideas in hospitality okay. or, the, or they've been involved uh, in hospitality their, their whole life and are really looking for someone to bounce ideas off of, you know, built around expansion and built around challenges that they're facing. Gotcha. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you said uh, prior to February 28th. So after February 28th, how, how did things unfold for you? How did that all present itself to you? Well, um, San had just come over at the end of February for his first of the quarterly visits to Canada. He and I spent about a week meeting new, new clients. Um, we had, I would say, around 55 or 60 cooks um, in the pipeline waiting to land here in Canada. Um, I would say that within about 48 hours, all of those accounts went on to, went on to hold. Um, in other words, the idea being, hey, we were getting calls saying um, we're just not going to be able to hire any more staff. We can see what's happening now. So I would say by about the 10th of March, um, everything was on hold. Uh, and Son was finding this, of course, to be the case in England, and he was finding uh, challenges even with his sourcing uh, of talent in Sri Lanka and India. Everything just came to a halt. It was pretty much overnight. It, it, it is mind-boggling that you know it's not only here, but you're you're working with somebody in the UK who's who, and and then working with somebody who's in India or Sri Lanka, and it's all happening at the same time. All at the same time. I mean the. The use of the word global, it's never been more applicable, right? I mean, even even recessions that we've gone through, you and I have gone through together in business when you were with Hockey Hall of Fame. We've seen economies come and go, and we've seen health challenges come and go as well. For example, SARS or, you know, yeah. mad, mad Cow, all of these things affected the event industry. But in, sure. this, in this case, it truly is global. And, and, and then how did... So that's on on hold. Uh, obviously, what about your your consulting? The companies that all go on hold as well. Many of them actually ramped up, and many of them said, "Hold on, we don't even have the cash flow to be able to to continue the relationship at this point." But some of them were like, "Oh my goodness, now we really need you." So okay. <laughs> there were some emergency calls. Uh, uh, I can think of a couple of examples with with a startup. Um, they're launching, they're still going to be launching uh, this coming uh, September, uh, and they will open in the, in the middle of the pandemic and more power to them. Uh, but it really takes some courage, it takes some vision, it takes some investment. But more than that, I think it just takes believing in themselves and, and carrying forward. That ability to envision the future accurately is, I think, what's separating those people who are willing to take a jump right now and those who are not that's that's the that's a very uh that story is awesome to hear that somebody is is actually going to launch a company in september yes yes while we're still in this that's that's a feel-good story well it is and of course what does the marketplace look like right now buyer confidence very very low uh, customer fears are super high Risk tolerance is is really in the balance right now, and it's suddenly a very emotional experience for people to to be looking at their businesses. They look at their employees that they've had to uh, lay off, 
and they're looking at families. They see faces. Small business owners see faces. They don't see numbers of employees. They don't see a faceless uh, scenario. They know yeah. uh, they know that there are children. There are mortgages. There are children at home. There are uh, partners working in in apartments with two kids trying to run businesses and so on all at the same time. So, you know, I think that uh, what we need to do is really uh, what I have found works for me best of all right now is forget about the concept of, of selling, but begin to engage listening, begin to engage understanding. It, it calls, you know, uh, at this point in the business world of, of our city and the event industry, it really calls for an empathetic attitude. Uh, listening to what people are going through um, and basically just maintaining contact with them without ever talking about what can we what can we provide for you i mean it's the the new approach for me is to just say look what we do um, in supplying crews uh, for kitchen uh, we want to approach it through the lens of canadian values which is like in inclusive inclusiveness diversity and so on and move it away from a commodity focus of supplying you with personnel to just calling and being in touch and showing some empathy. Uh, and, and Peter, with, with everything else that's going on in this world right now, that's uh, uh, the value of that empathy is, is huge. And we all need to follow that uh, philosophy as well. Very true. Very true, and we see it with we see it with great leaders. We see it with the with the Michelle Obamas of the world. You know, we see we see it with those people who are uh, not afraid uh, of a new vision. And you know, what are some of the positives that are going to come out of COVID? A lot of people are actually telling really good stories in terms of yeah. ecology and the environment. Look at the changes. I mean, we had a whale. That made it almost all the way to Montreal, you know. Uh, we've had things happening with, you know, dolphins in Venice and so on. I think it's caused us to really stop and hit a reset button in terms of uh, where we were going as a society and as a as a world, and revisit our values. If everything really did slow down on the Don Valley Parkway, do we really need to get back to a bumper to bumper? Uh, commuting world, or are we, gonna, yeah. are we really going to start to revisit some of the deeper implications of where life was going prior to COVID? Maybe COVID is here to teach us some massive lessons, in other words. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I try and take every bit of positive out of it that I can. Um, and, and, and it's going to be inevitable for, for business. Uh, do you think that... Uh, some of these big companies downtown Toronto that are that are paying millions of dollars a year for for office space, and then all of a sudden most of their workforce is at home, and they find them to be effective uh, working from home. Do you think everybody's going to go back? It's a massive game changer, Scott. It truly is. I think the the real estate picture is is a pendulum, and I think there's a huge lesson we're taking away from it. And I believe the pendulum has swung over to the far side that is saying, my God, everyone can be at home. Everyone's doing a great job working at home. I think it will land in the middle where there's a real mix between the need for socially being 
in your company, walking down a corridor, seeing someone in their mm -hmm. office, dropping in and seeing them face to face for a moment and saying, hey, I've never thought of this before, but could you and I kind of uh, noodle around on this idea, this particular idea that might not happen in a Zoom meeting? Definitely. Absolutely. So I think that'll be uh, one of the pieces that comes out of it. But yes, I, I could imagine that there would be quite a shakeup um, in the commercial world. And then flipping the, the coin back over to the event world, what is that going to look like? You know, um, many people that I've talked to in the industry are saying, I'm sorry, I cannot build a business on weddings for 10, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they've been used to weddings for several, several hundred. I mean, a lot of caterers are really having to, to revisit that. Now, again, it's an opportunity. Adversity creates opportunity. And maybe uh, I've never seen people be so enthused about the new ideas that they're coming out with in the industry to make things work. Definitely. I, I mean, yes, I, I couldn't agree more too with, with the event industry. There, there is certainly, there's an element to a live event, uh, several different types of them that we, we have to get back to. Um, I have uh, one client that uh, does a large live event and, and I felt I, I, and even voiced this to my contact there that I felt, I felt that once this hit, uh, and they looked, started looking into doing it, it creatively, virtually, uh, that, that they would never come back. And uh, just recently, they, the person came back to me and said, no, we, we want more than ever to get back to the big live event because there's an element of that that you can't get virtual. Yeah, so that, that, I, that was good news. Very true. And I'm glad to hear that about your business because the – um, all the different spaces and venues that you have are, they're iconic and they, they're very much at the cutting edge of what Toronto has to offer. And, um, you know, I have a friend at, um, an executive at, at Canada Post, and it's very much this thought right now that, oh my God, yes, we do need the face-to-face. -face. Uh, and he's very much involved in the, in the conference planning of some of the bigger things going on. And, I think management there is saying, hey, we need to be face-to-face -face with people. So yes, that, that needs to be out there. It also needs to be out there with a total acknowledgement of what is the science. And I really do think that COVID revolves around three things, washing your hands, wearing a mask, and staying six feet away from people. How hard is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, yeah. when you think of it, we're really hanging a lot on the concept of, of, uh, of a vaccine. But it looks to me like we've really flattened the curve here in Ontario by doing those three things and by not trying to be individualistic about it, but by saying, you know, the greater good, the social good is what matters. And I think that that's a distinguishing feature in, in Canadian values. We, we want to work to have consensus in this country. And that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And, and, and I agree. We are being smart. We are being creative. Um, the city of Toronto ran the uh, virtual Canada Day festivities, and you know they they worked on that probably for a month. But they had all they they followed the protocols, um, and I, we had the producer Aiden Cosgrave on with us, and he was telling us about all those protocols. And uh, I talked to him, uh, so probably end of July, so thirty months late or thirty days later, and you know nobody got sick. They I managed mean. to do that. 
Amazing. Uh, another great example of it is the NHL, you know, with one of the bubble cities in Toronto and they have, you know, the Royal York and what is it at the, the exhibition grounds, hotel X. You got it. Um, yep. Those two hotels, the uh, Scotiabank place uh, to play, play the games, but they're managing it. And that's with the 12 teams and all the people that go to, to support those teams. So, we do have some impressive examples, and yes, I do believe that we can manage this before we get a, mac- a vaccine. Well, Protocols are in place, but yeah, that's that's such a great point. That is such a great point, and of course, sport has that unifying ability socially. Right, you're rooting for your team. I mean, it's it's that opportunity for uh, large numbers of people to share an emotion together and to see things happening. I mean, I go back to just a year and a bit ago when we had like the largest public gathering ever in Canada uh, when the Raptors won. Oh, yes. I mean, that was just, I mean, I get goosebumps just uh, oh, so do I. thinking about it. Uh, and a quick shout out, by the way, Aiden Cosgrove, I didn't realize you'd been working with him, but he's been an industry leader. Uh, he's, a, he's a real talent and he's an example of a person in our industry who's done all those necessary uh, uh, changes and all that self-reflection to see where do we go next? And I'm not surprised to hear that he was uh, leading that, uh, leading the charge on that particular event with you. And I'm also not surprised to hear that it was so successful. Absolutely, absolutely. Here's to Hayden. Now, Peter, you, so you, in this time, we're, we're still in it. Um, you, you had some, still some consulting. Uh, now, the Labrador thing with, with the staffing, are, are you are you going to be able to do that sooner rather than later? Are you going to be able to place people out there? Well, we will, and we will actually ev- everywhere in Canada. Um, and the reason being that Service Canada is really looking carefully at their rules. They're looking at their past partners, such as AMK, people that are in the business world of recruitment. Um, and they're saying, you guys have a good track record. Uh, we're going to make certain that we pass things through um, quickly. Now, obviously, when people come into Canada from India, the very first requirement will be for the same for anyone coming into Canada, whether for business or, or not for business, uh, they will be self-quarantined for 14 okay. days. So once that is done, then they're off and running. Um, but the, the concept really for Labrador is unique because um, in this case, uh, a very small village right on the coast of Labrador Everything that comes into that town that's pertaining to hospitality comes on a, a ship or comes on an airplane. Um, so you can imagine there's a grocery store, there's a hotel, there's a restaurant, there's a convenience store. And uh, in, in this particular case, the same individual is uh, in charge and owns all of those businesses. And so really? they really do need to have... Um, people to fulfill those roles. And one of the requirements from Service Canada is that we run ads on, and we we actually run ads on four different platforms to make certain that all Canadians have an opportunity to say, hey, I'd like to have that job. And uh, in this case, uh, the number of applicants who would say, uh, hey, I'd like to have that job is, um, I can almost promise you going to be zero. In other words, there won't be uh, applicants for people to to work in in that position there. But actually, if I was 20 and this opportunity came along to me, I've always had a inclination for the 
Canadian North, I probably would take the gig myself. <laughs> I think it would be a awesome, awesome experience to, uh, to be there. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's a world of, of in the winter dog sledding, fishing, <laughs> uh, you know, like some really, uh, cool activities. And it could be one of those real seminal experiences, uh, for a young person, particularly a young person from Mumbai. Who's sure. A holy moly. There is an 80 degree difference between, oh, wow. <laughs> between Labrador and Mumbai. So temperature alone is going to be a scenario, but, um, they do have, uh, uh, they do have knowledge of what are the best clothes to wear when you're working in Labrador. Sure, sure. I imagine that would be one of the first things that they would be taught. Oh, yeah, taught absolutely. absolutely. Um, and and Peter, all the power to you for ha- uh, for wanting to go out there to Labrador if, if you were younger. Yes, but I'm I, I'm not there with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you love the world of skating, and they do have ice. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm sure they have lots of ice. They have lots of ice. So now, uh, okay. So the Labrador, you might start getting start getting into some other placements. I would imagine as 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 things keep progressing, um, and and we've we've talked about you know the changes that we foresee that you foresee. But do you think that uh, you know will there, will there come a time when when we are out of this, or, or are we forever changed? Doctor Tam recently said get ready for a couple of years of wearing masks. Yeah. Um, and if these simple solutions of hand washing, wearing a mask and social distancing, if, if those really are the major building blocks of, of getting over this challenge, then we can keep those going and we can keep growing the way we have been over the past 30 days. We can replicate that. Um, I'm reticent to just say, Hey, let's just wait for the vaccine to come along. I think we need to, adapt as human beings have been doing for millennia we need to adapt to this situation and see how is it going to work out again i go back to those leaders in our community the people like aiden cosgrove people that are out there in their own industry contributing to the vision of how this is going to unfold so yes i think that you know hope is always i i've been told by business leaders well hope is not a strategy well, it may not be a strategy, but, you know, without it, we don't move forward. We need to have some emotional buy-in here as sure. individuals and also as a society. Um, I, feel, I feel good about it. I feel positive about it. In my own world, of course, I've shifted away from uh, locating cooks in restaurants, and I'm really pursuing the larger food producers who are doing, like, where, where does all the packaged food that you see everywhere these days where does it all come from? Well, those are the suppliers that I'm that I'm now pursuing in terms of business because they are actually hiring right now. Yeah, the folks that do food for Air Canada, they are taking our 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 cooks. Uh, the folks that do uh, large packet food available at retail level, uh, same thing. So, I think the positions are out there, but I've certainly not seeing the volumes that I did see last year in terms sure. of sales, but it will, it will be there. It will just be different. And I mean, we're all learning how to adapt. And I remember, um, I actually, by about middle of April, let's say, I really realized how we hadn't really adopted in our own family at home, 
a really rigorous approach to our recycling. I think we were very lax on that, and I suddenly started to put a higher value on that. It's a, it's a very small thing, isn't it? But if you expand it from the household to the town, to the province, to the country, and to the globe, then you start to realize, hey, no, I wasn't doing that well. So that was a small example of a reassessment on our part within our own family where I said, hey, guys, why don't we, why don't we really start to, uh, to take this and really practice it according to a deeper level? And we did, and we felt better <laughs> by doing awesome. A small thing like that makes a big, big difference. For sure. For sure. And Peter, you, you never cease to amaze me. It's, it's going to be leaders like you that, that bring us through this and, and uh, into, you know, maybe, maybe we're better at the end of it because of all these little things that you look at that then do snowball into something bigger and affect more people than just the family. So I want to thank you for taking your time uh, to come on here and talk to me. It's always a pleasure. Um, I, I wish you all the best. I wish your family all the best, health and safety. And I, I look forward to being able to give you a hug when we get out of this. Hey, Scott, I look forward to that too. And thank you for the invitation. This has really meant a lot to me. Uh, several times in this interview, I see goosebumps on my arms. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for uh, carrying the torch on this. And good luck with uh, the other interviews. And kudos to you for saying, hey, this is, a, this is something that's really going to help um, our industry. And I hope you have uh, lots of readership giving you good vibes and thank yous for uh, what you've been doing with this as well. Uh, well. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure. All the best. Talk soon. While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.